Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Matt and Matt and Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of James Bonding. I'm Matt. And I'm Matt Gorley. And good morning to you if you're listening to this when it first comes out in the morning, because we're certainly recording it first thing in the morning. (laughs) We, uh, honestly... Both always wanted to do morning radio, and this is our chance. <laughs> I did. I really did. <laughs> what uh, what prompted you to want to do morning radio, Matt? Uh, of all things, it was this local duo here in Los Angeles, Mark and Brian. Oh, sure. Mark and Brian are known throughout yeah. the, uh, the country. Uh, yeah. I don't know that they were ever... Did they ever go national? I think they did get syndicated for a while, and they even yeah. had a, t- a short-lived TV show. Oh, is this like the guy that you, uh, I was was thinking of the guy that Paul Shear went to see a taping of. Remember that uh, random radio personality that had a talk show in the early 80s that Paul Shear happened to see a taping of that we talked about on the theme park episode? No, that was me, Rick Dees. Are you talking about Rick Dees? No, it wasn't Rick Dees. Oh, okay. Paul saw a different guy. Everyone who listens to the podcast can go back and listen to that story. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Uh, uh, as far as radio personalities with TV shows, Matt Gorley did go to a taping of Rick D's and I believe participated in the television program. I won $500. <laughs> That's still paying dividends to this day. <laughs> How did you win the $500? It was a like Rube Goldberg-esque machine that I had that would like drop a ball down and blah 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 and at the end it would burn up a check for $500 if I didn't answer trivia question enough trivia questions in time. Oh, that's actually kind of fun. Yeah, like, it was. Idea, I was like... the first person to beat it. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I Matt. looked the part. I had these huge owl glasses and a, like a burgundy polo shirt but sh- like green plaid shorts and socks pulled up out of my loafers it was a real is, it was a real spectacle this is a treat is this one of, one of those things that you have uh, like uh, on a vhs tape i do yeah stored away that like will never to be released it's in oh. there with the day the clown cried in jerry lewis's <laughs> fault <laughs> uh so they both owned by um harry shear harry shear has both <laughs> that's right Anyway, the point of all this is it's 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, the uh, schedule got a little uh, tighter than we both thought it would this week. Uh, things are crazy at work. We are also doing a live show tomorrow, which by the time you hear this will have ju- will have already happened. Uh, so our 
normal time when we would have recorded, I think, is being taken up by doing a live show. That's right. We didn't want to deprive our regular listeners. We deliver. We We deliver by sleet or snow, rain or whatever. And and sometimes when we deliver, we got sexy morning voice. Listen to that. Sam. This is the deepest I've ever heard it. I am Optimus Prime. Oh, Peter Cullen's here, everybody. Sam Witwicky. (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. Sam Witwicky. Wow. You know why I say that? Because it's easier to say an Optimus. Like, I am Optimus Prime has a lot of vowels and you can't really hit the deep part, but Sam Witwicky. We had we just had Peter Cullen record a promo for the Goldbergs. Oh, that really? I believe, that I believe airs tonight. Uh, so that's that's fun. But uh, so here's the deal, guys. It's uh, it's it's time for a little James Bond Q wink and a wink. Uh, we've asked uh, you guys on Twitter to ask us your questions and or send us your comments. And quite frankly, more of you did so than I thought would. That's so, nice of you guys. It's very, very nice of you. Um, here's how this works. We're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take a gander. We're gonna take a scroll through the old Twitter machine, and we're gonna pose questions to both myself and Matt Gorley, and they all seem to be fairly James Bond related. I should hope so because so far we're four minutes in and haven't even barely said the name James Bond. So. <laughs> Well, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Before I even ask for questions, someone sent me a question, uh, which is related to this. uh, And he asked, random thought while catching up on the podcast, does James Bond drink tea or coffee? Oh, I actually believe that's covered in the novel. I think he doesn't like tea, isn't that? That is right? absolutely correct. Uh, that was asked to us by at Ben of Hope, and uh, Benny despises tea drinkers. Mm. He finds it uh, they take too much time. Yeah, he also doesn't trust a man in a Windsor knot, <laughs> which I guess I understand. Well, he, he's not going to trust me. I, I I throw a half Windsor on. That's fair, and I have to say I have a couple ties that. I actually don't, I don't care, like do a a wins or not, but there are some ties that are so long you almost have to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to end up with a length situation where the little bottom skinny parts hanging below the top fat part. (laughs) (laughs) Or you look like our goddamn president. (laughs) Uh, Of style choices. That man has none. Well, Matt, I have another question for us. Okay. Let's bring it on. All right. This is from listener. Robert Jackson at Robert Jackson one after Daniel Craig is done with bond. Who would you guys like to take the role besides the same ones that the internet have been saying for years? Now this is a question we get, I would say very frequently. Yeah, it is, but they're limiting the popular choices. That's a new wrinkle in this. Yes. And I feel like I thought of someone the other day and now I can't remember. You know how when you think, oh, there's a gift I'd like for Christmas when my mom asks, but then she asks and you can never remember. You can't think of anything. Yes. You're like, even though I really would like Castle Grayskull, it seems like a big thing to ask for, so let me ask for this little thing. Yeah. Uh, Here's here's what I always say about James Bond and uh, quite frankly, I'm always wrong. Um, (laughs) 
It should be. It's. I. I wanted to be someone who I've seen in a movie, but don't remember seeing in a movie. Oh, that you can look up and go. Oh, that's right. They were yeah. in this, and that's kind of what Daniel Craig was for the most part. For sure. I Munich. think you know, as far as famous Bonds go, I mean Connery became famous from James Bond. Roger Moore, I feel like he was fairly famous prior to taking over Roger Moore because he was on a television show, The Saint, right, for a couple of years. And you know, you Timothy Dalton. I don't know what did, what did Timothy Dalton do before Bond, man. He had done a Besides lot of theater. like actual, um, like respectable acting. He was in the great classic film, The Lion in Winter. Yeah. He um, had done a lot of theater and BBC stuff. So I'm sure he was known well enough to English people <laughs> far and wide. Uh, here's a so that yeah, that, our answer is uh, we don't know who it will be. But I don't think it will be any of the people being bandied about. Yeah, if not solely for the fact that by the time a new spot rolls around again, a lot of those people are getting closer to being aged out. I guess not Not someone like, who's the Downton Abbey guy? Dan Stevens. He'll, oh, right, he'll probably right. be of prime age. But, I, you know, I prefer my Bonds not to be as, as pretty as that. Not that it matters exactly, but... He's, like he's a little, close to Brosnan in terms of like so good looking. Gruffness you know? to your. To I your do. Bond. Yeah. I like a little bluntness. I feel like Bond is uh, should be more sinewy mm. than a uh, than Daniel Craig is even. So you thinking like a Tom Hiddleston? Yeah, a little bit. Just to to, to be how I read him, you know, in the book wise. So, yeah, I've said this before, but I think Tom Hiddleston would be a great choice for a period Bond for a sixties yeah. Bond. Because he also, he has a sort of gaunt, withdrawn look that a man of that era, even though they're not of a certain age, they look a certain age because they've smoked and drank their whole lives. And they're just, you know, (laughs) got 10 years on them more than they should. We'd like a James Bond to look as though he's lived a hard life. Because he has. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I have a very interesting question from a a Twitter follower. I'm all ears. Uh, This is Mike Rothschild, at Rothschild. MD, here's his here's his supposition. This is one of those questions that I feel like you or I would ask if we ever partook in uh, kooky drugs, man. Okay, man. Go. Ready? All right. If the Bond producers were killed in a 1967 plane crash while leaving Japan scouting for You Only Live Twice, hmm. Does the franchise go on, and does Connery continue? Whoa! I, let's so so. Let's see what would really happen. Was that estate would probably be willed to Saltzman and Broccoli's wives? I would imagine because they were both still alive at the time. So Don Jock, yeah. And so I bet Dana Broccoli would be instrumental in finding... Because Barbara would be too young. I think even Michael Wilson would be too young. They'd probably be involved. But I bet they would try to go find some new producer. And like maybe a young Dino De Laurentiis would have come along and ruined the whole franchise. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder. You know, if it truly... If it truly was the, just the fact that he... Connery couldn't stand being in a room with uh, Broccoli and Saltzman. Are you saying he sabotaged the plane? I'm saying there's something to look into. Okay. That's, a lot of people are saying, Matt, 
many people are saying. <laughs> Thread breaking. <laughs> Thread, please read. Uh, so, you know, that's an interesting thing. I do honestly, I think that had because I always wonder. He always says that it was, you know, it was, it was his dealings with the producers, and I wonder had they paid up if uh, Connery would have continued. Because he was also yeah. like so fucking done with right. being that famous. Yeah. Well, I'm sort of glad in a way he didn't. In the same way that like I'm glad my parents got divorced. It was better for everyone. They remained friends. You know what I yeah. mean? Like not the cu- Cubby Broccoli and Connery remained friends, but I don't think a Connery on Her Majesty's Secret Service would have been very good. Huh. Do you know? So, you know, the Cub, the, the Broccoli, Cubby Broccoli, Saltzman breakup yeah um i find you know it's so sad in that documentary i know everything or nothing yeah like when they finally see each other at that premiere or yeah like and Golden one of them has everything and one of them has nothing yes i know it's like so depressing but it also makes me wonder is cubby broccoli the problem here the problem you mean with connery with connery and saltzman I don't think so, to be honest. He seems like a genuinely good man. Saltzman seems like a real out there loose cannon. And Connery seems kind of persnickety. And yeah, maybe he was a tightwad. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be the case, especially since he continued on and no one speaks ill of him except for Connery, really. Mm-hmm. All In right. fact, if any people praise him, I don't know. I mean, that's just my read of it. <laughs> I wasn't there. You know, I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let your read be the read of record. Okay, great. <laughs> wow, <Thanks. laughs> jeez, I would have prepared. Uh, here's a question from Stephen. This is uh, at Mister Fast Horse, which is a decent Twitter handle. If the Double O program were real, for which world events in the past fifty years would you have sent them in? Whoa. Well, definitely the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, that probably unfolded more behind telephones and such, but still. Boy, that, that, imagine that. That'd be a fun novel. It would, because it also had, it all just unfolded so quickly. Yeah. Um, what else? I think Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, that's actually an even more interesting question. Could you send James Bond into any movie? Oh, yeah, in any fictional event. Who? Where would you send him? I guess is my like. Like, where would you most like to? See, what would you most like to see an actual James Bond movie that was an action movie of some kind? Well, I think it's more like, would you, for instance, you, I like you how brought we're up, tweaking all these questions to what well, we want them listen, to be. You brought up this. That's what makes a good podcast, man. We're just we're just flowing. We're just flowing and vibing. Um, the Nakatomi Plaza of it all. Like, it'd be interesting. What would Die Hard have been like if it was James Bond in that office building? And would it have been a James Bond movie from that era? So it would have been Timothy Dalton. <laughs> what would that have been like? Yeah, that would have been interesting. Would he? How would he have dispatched with everything? Would he have done it any differently than, than John McClane? He wouldn't have handled the comedy as well. That's very true. He also... Like, I wonder if, if uh, James Bond would have written ho 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 i have a gun now on a guy's 
sweatshirt and sent him down the elevator. <laughs> no, he would have put a pun on there. And I think that's even what Die Hard, the whole thing was setting itself up against those type of things. But now here's something interesting. I can't believe they never did a James Bond Die Hard type movie because those were so popular, you know? Oh, yeah. Like he's uh, trapped in MI6 or something like that. Something. But I guess they were always like, well, he's got to go globe trotting. That's part of it. But still... That's really interesting. But I think, yeah, if I, I wonder how James Bond would deal with everything. Like, I wonder how James Bond would have dealt with the Terminator. Yeah. I'm sure that's a comic book. Probably. I'm sure that's a comic book. <laughs> uh, I by the way, how... I read the comic book that you and I are in by um, Abraham Mustafa, the Solstice comic book. Wonderful job. Wonderful job. How many, how many double O's would you give it? Seven. I'd give it eight. Oh, 008. I put a throw in an extra 00. Does that mean he's a more senior member of the 00 staff, or does that just mean Emeritus. the number he was signed? Yeah, either way. Do you think James Bond is the seventh 00? Ever, or just... Ever. Now, that is one thing that I think, going with this, this code name theory, I do think once a 004 dies, they probably replace... replace yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll be fine with that. So do you think the, that he? Do you think that he replaced 007, who died in like, yeah, French and Indian War, or do you think probably yeah? Because also they have to get replaced because by now there'd be no like 001 through nines left. Right, there'd certainly be like they'd be at like 0073. Yeah, we've never done this before. I think we've talked about it, but I would like to know which double O's get killed and like which numbers in the movies are available are, yeah or and who has like there is probably like a double o eight that has lived through the whole thing who could very easily just have his own franchise as well but bond got got out there first do you think he is uh he's m do you, well, i rather oh. i guess my question is do you think m is a former double o like double o one yeah <laughs> yeah i wonder about that that's do you think M is licensed to kill? I don't. Well, he might be licensed to kill, but I don't think he was a form of double O. He's still got enough bureaucrat in him that yeah. he feels like maybe he was probably a, a desk jockey intelligence officer or something like that. Well, he's an like admiral, that. right? He is, yeah. And, and Bond's a commander. Only, I mean, they're he both... reports to the Ministry of Defense. Right. And that So he reports to the Ministry of Defense and then the Prime Minister. Those are his... Yes. Those are his report twos, right? Yeah. So he's above everybody else. He was probably went to officer school, was an officer and, you know... A gentleman. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you like to see Bond in an officer and a gentleman? Oh, would I ever. Oh, I, know, yeah. I know you can fill, fill out that naval uniform, that's for sure. And the song would be, I Had the Time of My Life. Uh, Wasn't that from that movie? No. Uh, no. That one is... Um, what am I thinking of? Is God, that Dirty we Dancing? Just did it. We just had it on the fucking... <laughs> that is a t- Dirty Dancing, yes. Well, is that what What is, is he carrying Deborah Winger to? It's Love Lifts Us Up Where We Belong. Yes, that's right. Oh. Love yeah. lifts up. It's kind of like an octopusy-esque Spy Who Loved Me <laughs> Bond title. That's funny. That Yeah, let's put Bond into different movies. That would be an interesting thing to do. Which actually brings us to the next question, Matt. Gourley. I'm all ears again. This is from Gareth Poole. He says, if you had to recast the six Bonds with the six Batmans, 
and vice versa. Oh, I've done this. Who would you swap? Of course you've done this. I've Who done am this. I talking on, to? Have you done I this think, on a podcast or just in life? I did it on Twitter. Someone asked me. <laughs> and I think it's actually pretty clear. Let me see if I can remember it. So, obviously, Christian Bale is Daniel Craig. He has allowed... Uh, he has given us the following uh, starter, which is okay. that Adam West and Roger Moore obviously must be swapped. Yeah, that's clear. And I, I mean, think Christian Bale and... and um, Daniel Craig, because their movies are so similar. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Michael... Well, Clooney is Brosnan, because they're both pretty boys. Yeah. And and their films are respected by no one. I don't know. Val Kilmer is Dalton. Val Kilmer is Timothy Dalton. And you're so... So you understand that we're swapping, I forgot about Ben Affleck in this. (sighs) Yeah. Well, Keaton know. is Connery, just Hang by on. default. Keaton is Connery. I agree with that statement, one hundred percent. So, if 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 Michael Keaton is Sean Connery, then I now have to put Sean Connery into the role of Batman eighty nine. And quite frankly, that is a weird thing to see, but I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. Although that's like that was Connery's renaissance. You know, he was doing things like Last Crusade, Untouchables, Last Crusade. Yeah. Okay, so if Michael Keaton, okay, then Val Kilmer, the the Val Kilmer of it all, I don't know. I don't. He's either Lazenby or Dalton. His performance, but I do find it. You know what? I'm going to put him as Lazenby because they both have a, an attitude like they're better than the films, and they were notoriously difficult to work with. Okay, well, what about the chin dimple? You know, well, that's a like, tech. That's a technicality. Clooney's got the chin dimple, which really belongs to Lazenby. Yeah, but I think Clooney's Brosnan because they were both kind of pretty heartthrobs. Yeah, but that makes Affleck Dalton. Clooney's also at peace with the whole franchise, uh, with him having destroyed the franchise. He apologized for it at a comic. Well, so is Brosnan. Is he? I am. You've made peace. Mm -hmm. You've certainly made peace. I think Affleck makes a compelling Dalton. Both. You know, kind of yeah. a reluctant a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, Christian thanks. Bale, Daniel Craig. Okay. I think we've done a great job. Yeah, I like that corollary. You, I wish there were more job. of those to do. I wish that I wish that there were... Imagine if there had been 24 or 25 Batman movies. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I guess. Uh, All right. This question comes to us from Ryan Scott writes at Ryan Scott writes. What would you like to see in a James Bond TV show? Hmm. Well, I feel like it'd be better served to do a spinoff thing because. So you're saying not with our main character. Yeah. I'd say maybe like a Felix Leiter show. What what, what about you? you? Watching a CIA show. And like that—that—that—that's yeah. that, that, kind of dull to me. A show that takes place in the double O's, sure. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now you're sure. talking. Yeah. Um, maybe our central character has a lot of dealings with M and Money Penny. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. Okay. I'm I'm listening. It's a it's an anthology season, so it's one season, one story, right? Okay. It's the same crisis. 
But every episode, there are nine episodes, every episode is from a different double O's perspective in what they did on a singular mission. They are all working together on a mission, but they didn't even know it, some of them. And at the end, by the time you see all the perspectives, you understand what's happening. A Rashomon-style James Bond crisis moment starring all your favorite double O's. Matt, that's great. Come on, call us up, HBO. great. That is really terrific. I'm already seeing it in my head. Yeah. I'm already seeing Idris Elba doing what he's doing as 005. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, then you could take all these actors that want to do the role but don't want to get locked into it, especially if it's HBO. Who are we casting as M? Like, are we going to have Ray Fiennes in there? Fuck yeah, bro. Okay, great. I love it. Fuck yes. That's fun. And so, who's a female double O? Let's let's cast a female double O. I wish that we didn't just stab Rosamund Pike through the chest with the art of war on a previous episode. You can bring her back. I can bring her back? Yes. As a different character. Um, They've done it. There's certainly a history of it. Oh, what was I watching? Oh, (laughs) yesterday I was watching that BBC show, I, Claudius. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that what a what a trip that is, and I'm loving it. But boy, does it take its time, um, and then yet kills people right away. Uh, sure. And I keep hearing this this voice like this talking. You know, Augustus, you will listen to me. I won't leave my wife. And I'm like, why do I specifically know that voice? And it's the guy who plays Hillary Bray in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. But I think <laughs> I think of Lazenby. I kept thinking of Lazenby because they right. dub him with that voice. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Good yeah, ear. what's his name? Um, uh, George Baker. Very good ear. Um, yeah, so let's run A good that female double O. Good female double O that hasn't been used. Who would be... And are oh, all are all double O's supposed... Let's get, let's get Swarcy, Sarcy Ronan in there. Oh, young double O, huh? Yeah, Brooklyn's... <laughs> Brooklyn is what I'm... I'm, Ladybird. I'm two years behind her career. (laughs) Hannah. Well, that's right. She does have presidents, and Hannah, that movie's amazing. I'd like to get Eric Bana in there, too. Would you? Yeah, I always liked him. I'll I'll let that go. Oh, I'm going to say bring in Paul Gross, too, the Canadian actor. There's a Canadian double O. They're part of the uh, Majesties. Oh, okay. I I love that guy. I think if the Queen's on the money, they're coming in. Okay, good. Yeah. But but let's get a couple of... Who who are the kick-ass females right now? I mean, you could go Gal Gadot or Charlize Theron, even though she basically just did a Bond movie, I'm, I'm told. Um, I want... But I want British people. Yeah, right. Okay. Rosamund Pike is a good one. Rosamund Pike would be so... She was so... She, she acted... She took that role seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And died another day when it had no right to be serious. Yeah. I know, yeah. Um, um, wait. Oh, uh, oh, fuck. I'm trying to think of current day British movies. <laughs> I don't watch. I don't watch new movies anymore. That's my problem. Could we get uh, Gigi from Zumbo's Just, Just Desserts? <laughs> okay, guys, you got that. ten minutes, everyone. Okay, okay, hurry up. Okay, here we go. Ten minutes. Okay, come on, guys. Come on. Oh God, that fun that show. We haven't talked about that on air, but we've both been watching Zimbo's uh, Just Desserts. We and, have uh, what had a, a time. What a zoo. If what, you talk about s- a morning zoo. Oh, if you want to see uh Australians just baking their hearts out, 
and one Brazilian yelling at everybody for about two seconds per episode. Who has no discernible role in the show other than to keep Zumbo's interactions with the contestants to a minimum. Yes, because clearly he doesn't want to. And he just got, he's got a smile on his face like he is high as a kite the entire time. <laughs> he, I swear to God, he makes, he makes edibles. That's all he does. That's, that's, what, he, that's what he's making. <laughs> like, you know, his uh, things are like eight layers. The seventh layer is always <laughs> THC. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you come to James Bonding for a Zumbo's Just Desserts, off uh, brand week yeah you, you got it are in luck my friend <laughs> uh okay i okay. am now gonna pull this up i'm gonna pull this list up here i'm gonna look right now into the into the into the into the dark web here and figure out oh you know who'd be good as a as a like a 007 sort of counterpart yeah female wise uh-huh kate winslet yeah Right now, especially, she'd yeah. be she'd be great up against Craig or yeah, she'd be great. I think a lot of people would say Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey, but I don't know. You know, by I'm not convinced, I'm not convinced. I say, uh, yeah, I think she's great. Kate yeah, Winslet's, Kate Winslet like, would be great, be like in an actiony thing. Yeah, no kidding. I feel like she's never been in one. That would be great. I what guess about, there's a lot of action in Titanic. That's true. <laughs> Kieran Knightley, she's she did what was it Domino? That was kind of an action. Sure. Film. Oh, Karen, oh. Karen would be great. Karen Gillan. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good one to throw in there. Yeah, that'd be good. All uh, right. Hiddleston would be obviously great. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, what do you? Would you like an Andrew Garfield thrown in there? Maybe is the young double O that gets killed pretty quickly. And that's okay. nothing against him, but just like if you want one storyline nope. of the young. Sounds like it's pretty much a personal recruit. grudge. No, I like him. I think he's great. But yeah, you do. You, I don't know. I like my double O's to have a little heft, a little experience behind them, you know, a little, a little uh, glaze behind their eyes. Uh, you know, we can't make anything um, British without Eddie Redmayne in it now. That's the rule. Oh, that's yeah, true. Take him. That's sorry, true. Matt. Well, I could see he'd be what, another type of Q of some kind, maybe. Oh, mm-hmm. he'd be like. Uh, speaking of Q, Matt, here's the next question. Yeah. Matt and Matt. Matt and Matt. Matt, and Matt. Podcast. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients. So you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. With HelloFresh, all the ingredients are delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging and come pre-measured in handy-labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. And HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly, including... The Classic Plan, which comes with a wide variety of meat, fish, and seasonal produce. The Veggie Plan, vegetarian recipes with plant-based proteins. And the family plan. Quick and easy meals the whole family will love. Better yet, you can choose a delivery day that works best for you and your busy schedule. And even pause your account for weeks at a time. Matt, HelloFresh is great. I'll tell you why. It makes cooking so easy and delicious you can create balanced dinners for less than $10 a meal. There is no more time-consuming meal planning or grocery shopping. 
Enjoy not spending money on takeout for an easy night. And you also don't have to worry about gathering ingredients week after week. And I'm going to tell you what we do personally here at the Gorley Lund home. We gather in the kitchen. It's a galley kitchen, so it's long and narrow, which means that there's going to be some elbow touching. And that makes it <laughs> intimate and fun. Also, maybe I'll throw on a little bit of a, of a, not James Bond theme song, but like a James Bond soundtrack experience, like Moonraker, which is very romantic. Dim the lights a little bit. Cook together. We did that the other day with a HelloFresh box. It was truly delicious. And uh, I'll tell you what, the experience is just as good as the taste, and the taste is better than your face. <laughs> For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, so you can have a romantic face-tasting night like Matt Gorley and Amanda Lund, go to HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code BONDING30. For $30 off, go to HelloFresh.com and enter BONDING30. Do you listen to How Did This Get Made? It's a podcast where June, Diane, Raphael, Jason Manzukas, and Paul Shear pick a weird, insane movie like the Nicolas Cage film The Wicker Man and basically make fun of it and celebrate its weirdness. Uh, they are re-releasing an amazing episode about The Room, probably the most beloved bad movie of all time, along with a ton of new interviews. Paul talked to the cast of The Disaster Artist, a film which he's even in, a new movie about the making of The Room. He got James Franco, Seth Rogen, and even Tommy Wiseau, who directed The Room, to weigh in on the original and what it was like to remake it. I cannot wait to hear how, how Paul discussed this with Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I did not realize this was happening. I remember this episode of this podcast. It's so good. And now I got to listen to this it again. This seems like the this. criterion release of How Did This Get Made? It, it is. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Uh, go listen to the special episode of How Did This Get Made in Apple Podcasts, Stitchers, or your favorite podcast app. Matt and I are going to go listen. Bye. Matt and Matt. Matt and Matt. Matt, and Matt. Podcast. If you were Q, what gadget would you make for Bond? That comes from at Screeden. S-C-R-E-A-D-E-N. You know what I think I'd do? I'd fully develop something that when I was in seventh grade, yeah. I was really into building gadgets because of James Bond and also because of data from Goonies. Sure. And so I built a little motorized saw blade. And for some reason, my mom had this travel soap dish, which was like kind of like almost like hard Tupperware. And when you would open it like a case, you'd put yes, soap in there. I remember and that. And so yes. I made that a belt buckle. And when I opened it, this little saw blade was spring-loaded and would turn on and pop out of the belt buckle. <laughs> and I wore for... it to school. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think <laughs> it serves no purpose unless you're tied up at the waist. Well, you try it at the waist, you want to cut some dicks off? I mean, it's yeah, just ready. That's it is. right. <laughs> yeah, I want to cut some dicks off. It's for, it's for the moil on the go. <laughs> for the man who wants to cut some dicks off. <laughs> for the man who has everything or nothing. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's about as useful as some of Bond's actual gadgets or as well, specific. I, mean, I think we've completely agreed that they're all, they're all written after the fact. Yeah. As they write the situations, they go, how will he get out of this? Okay, what if he had this? Great. Let's throw that in the Q scene. Right, right. Uh, I think if I were Q, if I were Q, 
I would make Bond. I would, I, you know, I have a problem with the car, the inconsistency in all of the James Bond cars' bulletproofness. Mm, interesting. You know, I would try to set at least some sort of standard. So I, it might be a bureaucratic thing I do at Q Branch, where I just, I just want to get some standards and best practices here. So what's, uh, what have you noticed? I don't think I've noticed that. Well, you know, sometimes the windows go out real easy. Mm. James Bond car. Sometimes they're fired at point blank and nothing happens like a, say, a BMW 750iL. Okay. Uh, you know, in an Aston Martin that has a, say, a defibrillator in it and a, uh, and uh, what else did he have in there? A gun. Yeah. And, a, and an EpiPen. Uh, I feel like that was sort of inconsistent as well. Hmm. Right. Um, and the bulletproof screen on the back of the DB5 uh, featured in... Uh, I mean, I guess they really use the screen in Thunderball. Yeah, I think so. That one seems to do its job. But then if you go back in time to, say, Goldfinger... Uh, He's, they're firing at the glass, and I, and I think that it breaks through the glass at some point, does it not? Yeah, you'd think, I can't remember, but you'd think that bulletproof glass would come standard on all double-O cars. Right. That's not an optional extra. Well, this is part of what I'd like to do at Q-Branch. That's smart thinking. Thanks, buddy. You got it. <laughs> uh, all right, Gareth Poole asks, what's your favorite of the non-movie non-Fleming Bond stuff. And this could include comics, Young Bond, and computer games. Hmm. Um, I, hmm. I will actually say my favorite thing is probably Agent Under Fire. What's that? Which is a, which is a um, video game that they released. That was, it was one of those in-betweeners. It was a post- World is not enough. Hmm. Uh, it was like GameCube era. Hmm. And uh, it's quite frankly one of the most enjoyable James Bond games I've played. Wow. Okay. It's actually, I just looked it up just to see if I was crazy, but it is 72% uh, positive and 74% on Metacritic. Hmm. Uh, and that, it came out in November of 2001, Matt. Hmm. Uh, it is a first-person shooter based on the James Bond franchise. It's the fourth Bond video game, which is not based on a film or a book in the James Bond series. Oh, the I'm story arc right continues in the f- in the following sequel, Nightfire, released a year later. Unlike previously Bonds, which used the likenesses of then-current actor Pierce Brosnan, Agent Under Fire used the voice of Adam Blackwood and the likeness of English actor. Andrew Bicknell for Bond. Huh. Zoe Nightshade is the CIA mole. Oh my god, that's taking me back. That's really taking me back. Wow, I didn't know anything about that. I'll yeah, so that that's my favorite. That's my answer to that question. Okay, I'm um I'm trying to find the name of the book I read cuz I haven't, you know, I haven't read ton of the non-Fleming stuff. Sure. Um, and I remember reading two of the later novels that came out recently, but um, I was looking up Jeffrey Deaver, but it went to Jeffrey Dahmer's Wikipedia page. Classics. 
And so, I got to tell you, I guarantee you, I would pay. I would. I would bet anyone in the world right now one hundred thousand dollars. Matt's computer has been to that web page before. To Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> uh, let me see. Hold on. Who wrote? Who wrote the latest? Uh, hold on, hold on. Please talk. No, okay. So, in the move in the video game, which I'm sure a lot of you remember, Age Under Fire, James Bond used his uh, his his BMW R8 from the World Is Not Enough. Uh, let's see, John Cleese. Interesting. Before going further in development, the studio's original plan was to bring back Roger Moore to reprise his role as Bond. In the end, however, the behaviors between Moore's interpretation of the character and the one in the game shared identical attitudes. However, his casting was not widely reported. The video game release... Okay, so... John Cleese was supposed to reprise his role as R... And, uh, oh, 007 Racing. I have no recollection of that game. I vaguely remember that game. I never played it. Age Under Fire was pretty popular. It sold 1.5 million copies and earned $58 million in the United States. The 30th highest selling game launched for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, or GameCube between January 2000 and July of 2006. Matt, do you have your information? I think so. Um, the thing is, there's been like four... They did like four novels that kind of continued on in the Fleming tradition. And actually, at least one of them was a period piece. Uh, it takes place after the events of Goldfinger. It's called Trigger Mortis by Anthony Horowitz. And I remember hating that name, but I think I liked the book. But then there's another one I read, and I think it was the Jeffrey Deaver one, which I don't know that I liked. I think that was Carte Blanche. But that's a good title. I don't... You don't You don't like the name Trigger Mortis? No, it's too punny. It's too punny for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but then I, I'm positive I read Devil May Care. I just know that there's one one of these and these are like more serious Fleming novels, but one of them the villain has like a monkey's hand. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Like he has some condition where he has a hairy hand, but everybody says it's like a monkey hand. Oh boy, this has not been an the easy monkey's question paw? to answer. Yeah, but no, but like his actual hand is like a hairy monkey hand. Okay, so it's not like the monkey's paw from that monkey's episode. Remember when they no. got bad luck from that monkey's paw? <laughs> That's right, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the Edgar Allan Poe monkey's paw. Kids, if you've uh, never watched the monkey's television show, highly, highly recommend it. I'm a Peter Tork man. Oh, yeah? He was your go-to fun guy on that? Yeah, like, I feel like he was the George Harrison, and I always gravitate towards those, you know, in-the-shadows guys. So who do you think Mike Nesmith was? I'd say he's Lennon. Interesting. And don't you think Davy Jones is um, is Paul McCartney? Yeah, and Mickey Dolan's is Ringo? Just by virtue of the fact that they both play drums. Okay, I'll... I'll and they're goof-offs, yeah. The goof-em-offs, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That is true. Okay. Here's another question. Okay. Uh, after Daniel Craig leaves, 
Would you be up for a 50s, 60s set period film? Yes, yes, I've been saying it forever. Do you I really would prefer want that? that? Yes, I do. I think it would be a good way to be able to sort of reboot it without... I think it's going to be weird to reboot a similar type of James Bond. Do you think they'll reboot it or do you think they'll continue on like they used to? Like this is the same James Bond. God, you know... I. I hope they don't do another origin story. I hope they just Well, here's what I fear. Continue. I fear that they have been so keen to re- hit the reboot button in Hollywood. Yeah. That they'll end up doing it again. I know. I'm worried about that, too. But if they're going to, wouldn't you like to see a period thing? Because then also, you could get away from all these, like, smart blood gadgets. And, you know, I... Th- well, didn't the, the man from Uncle not do well? I think it did okay. And I really liked it. Uh Never, I haven't seen it. I liked it. Um, but that was period, correct? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Henry Cavill? I like him. Army Hammer, now he'd be a good Bond. He's real oh, pretty, but, Army but he's, he's got it where it counts. Let me ask the following question. Have you seen the uh, Justice League film yet? No, I have not. Me either. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Glad we covered that. Uh, uh, here's a question. Uh female main villains are rare in bond do you think it'd be interesting to revisit the concept for craig's last hurrah i definitely do especially if they went let's i have an idea yeah go ahead you know there's been a lot of uh speculation about will this be blofeld because you know christoph waltz has said he's not coming back maybe you do a quick you get Blofeld Irma Bunt, but she's really pulling the strings. Like, And I don't mean like in a twist way like Electric King, but like maybe even Blofeld gets killed in the cold open. Oh, and okay. Irma Bunt is, you know, out for vengeance or whatever the case may be. And in that case, who would play a good Irma Bunt? Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah, she'd be good. Done. What about um, Kate Winslet? Not old enough for me for that role. I'm but not, she's I think she's older. She is older than I know. I know. She may be older than Tilda Swinton. But Tilda Swinton is more Yeah, she's got a She's diabolical. got a presence that is like a, 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 a immortal. Yeah. That's 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 how I want to say Tilda Swinton. Yeah. And I'd like to see this one it should be written by a female because I think the m- big mistake with female villains is they kind of write them like men. You know, and and or they write him into the Bond formula for a villain, which is inherently sort of masculine. And and I would love to just see some really different take. Although, you know, I think they did a pretty good job with Electric King. I I think that's the one saving grace of that movie. I also don't mind the idea. I actually think it's an interesting concept that you bring up. <laughs> what if it was Irma Bunt this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because if you're, if we're operating in a world where, uh, JK, everyone, Blofeld was behind all of these movies, then quite frankly, we can What's, do another double switch. Yeah. I mean, who cares at this point? Go another layer deeper. No one. And then you find they have a child and the child is pulling all the strings. Uh, I love it. Like literally, like he hasn't, he's like obsessed with marionettes. Let's say he's seven or eight years old. <laughs> and, uh,. <laughs> Somehow. He'd also be James Bond's adopted nephew. Uh, oh, God, it's so dumb. It's so yeah, dumb. Yeah, maybe they should abandon that whole timeline. Just give us a one-off. Uh, 
Tariq at the Tariq M uh, asks Honor Majesty Secret Service. Is, he says, "Well, this is his statement." He says, "Honor Majesty Secret Service is sadly let down by George Lazenby. Hmm. Which Bond would have made it perfect, Connery or someone else?" I do tend to agree. I think, although I I like a, a lot of what Lazenby's doing, but do you think it, it's let it down is by the Lazenby? weaker part of the film? Do you think it's let down though by Lazenby's? Um, post-Bond comments and behavior? No. I think it's... There is part... There is something about Lazenby that's great, but there is something about him that's not right. And it's not that I think he does a horrible job. I think he does an admirable job. But there's just something... um, You know, like, the, the key to Bond is seeming cold, but still having some actual charisma, and I don't know that Lazenby really draws me in. Uh, that's interesting. He is very wooden. Yeah. As far as performances go. Yeah, that's maybe that's it. So would it be putting any Bond in their prime in that film? Is that yeah. kind of where yeah. we're going? Well, I'd put Craig in there. I think he's suited for that film. Uh, I'd put Connery in there. Hmm. And, and, and Connery's prime, I think, instead of actually his prime, I think we get Connery the year we would have gotten him. Oh, but look at how he was phoning it in on Diamonds Are Forever, and he had a couple well, years to Diamonds rest. Are Forever was phoned in because he had gotten a million dollars and decided, well, mm. I don't know. I'd put, like, from Russia with Love area, Eric Connery like we were, in there. We were owed that, I think. Uh, we were owed... Not, not that we were owed. We don't really... We're not owed anything by these people, <laughs> but... I'm gonna let's let's go cash that in at Barbara Broccoli's doorstep. Uh, Barbara, uh, could you go back in time, please, and make sure that Sal Connery Connery's doesn't leave still the franchise? Alive. They could still do it, <laughs> but it would have been nice. This character that we've just you know seen in four or five movies, anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, theoretically, yes, I would love that, but I don't think realistically we would have right. gotten a great film because he would have had a lot of input on the script too, and I think they would have camped it up even more a little because he was heading that way right i don't know that's interesting would it have taken a different tone with definitely connery in there also imagine that age of connery sliding on the ice being pulled by a cable oh i love it <laughs> oh, i would have i would pay to see that <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh what is the most gruesome way bond is almost killed by a villain Oh, that's interesting. So had it worked, had the villain's plan to kill Bond slowly worked, whose plan is the most gruesome? Well, the the cocaine chopper, even though that's Dario, comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Goldfinger's balls, laser to the balls would have been pretty pretty awful. Yeah, because it would move so slowly and he would have been alive for so much yeah, of it. That was pretty risque for that time when you think about it. I try not to. <laughs> Yeah, what else is there? Um, uh, well, they try to... Crocodile death. Yes. Eh, again, I think that's over quicker than a... Yeah, I think the laser to the ball is pretty bad. Gold laser cutting. Um, Boy, what if... Uh, how did... They try to kill him in the movie we just watched, Diamonds Are Forever? Mm, you mean like... 
I guess they just were taking the moments that they had him and were just trying to yeah. kill him. In those I'm moments. thinking, I, I think like I'm thinking there are more Bonds trapped in a death situation than there are. There aren't that many. Yeah. And it's more of a 60s Batman cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. There's a few, but not a ton. Bond never had to use the shark repellent. <laughs> uh, would you ever want to see a period used a piece? shark bullet? <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Would you ever want to see a period piece Bond movie set in say the seventies or eighties? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you reboot with a five picture deal. You started in the late sixties. Oh, I'd love to see. You know what? You start in the early 60s, and throughout those five films, you go early 60s, late 60s, early 70s, late 70s, early, early 80s. 80s. Yeah. Or you know what? Do one in the 90s, too. Like, basically honor all the past bonds. That's, that's uh, man, that's a lot of work. That's I know. 15 years out of some people's lives trying but, to make these period Bond movies that only Mac Orley asked for. <laughs> but Craig will have eventually done about 15 years. That's true. That's He's very true. 11 years in, and it's not coming out for another two years. Can you believe that? I know. When Good we when we got him, do you think we were going to get? Did you think we were going to get him for five movies? No, I didn't. That is quite a surprise. And yeah. if I did, I would have thought they would have come quicker because you know Casino Royale was such a hit that they were like, let's do one every two years, and they did that with Quantum, but then everything fell apart. Yeah, and then the Everybody world wants sort a of piece changed. Of the, pie. the world right. of movies changed. Yeah. Um, okay. Period piece. I've got to say, a lot of people are into the knickknack Tabasco T-shirt. We've seen yeah, a few designs right. coming. I'm in. off social media, but occasionally I'll check on my desktop in the morning, and uh, I saw a lot of those. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should do that. We should. Uh, we should do that. By the way. Should we have the live audience vote on designs tomorrow? Sure. Now, speaking of designs tomorrow, yeah. did you get that Goldfinger suit? Are we wearing these things? I have not yet figured out how to retrieve that, as I am someone who works far too much. So are you saying this isn't going to happen, or it won't have happened, or will it be a surprise? <laughs> it'll, I'm sure, that, I'm it'll sure be it'll surprise. be brought to you at the theater. Yes, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. But my problem is I don't know what time I'm going to be able to get to the theater. Okay. I'm well, like, I leave it up to you. I'm going to try. If I can get it, yes, we're doing it. Let's okay. just say we're doing it. Oh, boy. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? Well, I just don't have, any, by the time, I don't have any gold slippers. That's the problem. That's not, that's, yeah. I'm going to have to get some gold slippers somehow. I'm going to Amazon one day one. Also, I hope it's not too cold in that theater. We're both going to be chilled. We're going to catch our our death of cold. Well, should we just bring parkas as though we're like on set but sitting <laughs> off to the side? Uh, all right. Well, should we do one last question? Uh, oh, man. We, this is, we got some good ones in here. Uh, Nathaniel Woodward asked some good stuff about Odd Job. I'm going to like sort of say the, to you what they are. And okay. you tell me which one you think we should answer, okay? Okay. So we've got we've got questions about odd job uh, crushing cars. We've got uh, questions about uh, Bond, the next Bond song. Mm. We've got questions about uh, <laughs> J.W. Pepper. Oh, 
Uh, we've got questions about uh, who who of James Bond's uh, partners in crime throughout the series would we like to be our own life partner in crime? You know, like would we like a Tiger Tanaka by our side in life, mm. or et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got questions about. Uh, torture techniques and now of all those things which one which one piqued your interest the most man mm. what was the second one <laughs> i think it was about the uh the song yeah maybe that one okay we uh, should do the next song elliot elliot kasanke at elliot's world asks who are your top artists for the next bond song mine he says would be either florence welsh Alt-J or Arctic Monkeys. Hmm. Alt-J's recent song, In Cold Blood, even sounds like a Bond song to me. Hmm. And that's from Elliot Kozanski. Kosanki. I'm starting Kosanke. to think that a big mistake no. of the Bond franchise is choosing bands before their time. And I think Adele is maybe the only exception to that. That I think Before their time? Like... Well, like Aha, right? I don't hate that song. I actually kind of like it. But yeah. I feel like you should go with a classic, time-tested artist, but one that's also never been necessarily, uh, I don't know, a household name or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was still... I think what you're was, asking for is three radio hits before you get a bomb. Maybe. I don't know what I'm saying right now. It's still so early. Uh and then I was just about to say I still want to hear a Future Islands Bond song, but that's crazy. Uh, that's tough. That's a tough one because I you, you, like they themselves. It's almost like choosing a Bond actor. They got to have some gravitas. I know we never really talked about the Radiohead submission. It didn't do much for me. Yeah. Um. So you never know. Just because you get an established artist doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get. The right song. God. Oh, boy. You're really tied up with this question right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many of you guys know the band Midlake, but I would love to hear what they did with a Bond song. Oh, boy. I, uh, you know, my, my pitch on this? What? Is uh, Broken Bells. I don't know them. It's uh, James sing? Mercer from the I just wore myself out. It's too early. You just got to wait him out, guys. It's like a toddler. Um, <laughs> Broken Bells is uh, James Mercer from the Shins. Oh, uh, oh, right. Yeah. And Danger okay. Mouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Shins could do something interesting. Yeah. I love James Mercer's uh, lyrics. Yeah, he's good. As I often discuss with people who care to listen, which is yes, not many good. people. What about Portugal the Man? I don't know Portugal the Man. Well, they have that big summertime hit, Feel It Still. Do you know that? <laughs> no. Do you know, Matt? Here's Ooh, a, here's a... I'm a rebel just for kicks now. I've been feeling it since 1986 now. Um, oh, I think I've heard that song. But look, I've, I've got a dog in that fight. His last name is Gorley. Oh well, I mean, spelled you can't the same. Not support him, I know, and we've since become friends. Since oh my god, you because guys. we we are we related? Who knows? Uh, you know, twenty three and me. Twenty three and me could tell you. 
Okay, here's my uh, here's my uh, fun fact about myself regarding Los Angeles radio. Okay, I've never in my entire life living here. I've been here for ten years. I've never tuned my radio to anything. What's to tune to? It's been dead here forever. Oh, all right. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Feel believe good about me. that. Especially since podcasts came out. My wife's always on like uh, an NPR station. I had never heard yeah. of. Uh, uh, you know, well, she has music stations she knows about that I don't KCRW know. or KPCC. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, you know, we began with an LA radio discussion and we ended with an la radio discussion just like you asked for in your questions on twitter for this the question episode of james bonding that's how you fucking do it guys that's right thank you to everybody who participated and sent in uh questions this was literally was asked of everybody last night at about 9 30 p.m and Mm -hmm. uh you had less than 12 hours you had 10 hours to do it and you gave us plenty of great questions we couldn't even get to them all i'm excited thank you Thank you, and we have the best listeners in the business. That's true. And tune in next week for On Her Majesty's Secret Service and a Christmas-tinged James Bonding. Oh, it is! It's fucking high time we we watch that movie again. I'm excited about it. I am too. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I guess everybody, James Bonding. James Bond. James Bond. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 